The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. turn to the book of Luke chapter 24 and another passage found in Acts chapter 1. I want to start a new series. I'm not settled on exactly what the name is. I think your notes say exposing Satan's schemes, but then again I might call it exposing the schemes of Satan. So anyway, it's close. It's in there somewhere. The enemy has plans, and uh, it's good to expose them. Let's all stand if we can. Luke chapter 24. And then we'll look at Acts chapter 1. Luke 24. New series starting tonight on Sunday nights. Exposing Satan's schemes. We're exposing the schemes of Satan. I don't know which one I like better. So anyway, he's got schemes. We're going to expose them. Anyway, do you get it? Right, he's got plans, and uh, there's nothing new under the sun with him. And there's thing, revelation in Scripture that will really help you to walk in victory in these last days. Luke 24, find verse 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said, Peace to you. And they were terrified and frightened, supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do, you doubt, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my, behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. But while they still did not believe for joy, marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. (laughs) And he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. What a verse. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and arise from the dead on the third day that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are my witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, and that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Turn to Acts chapter 1. Broiled fish and honeycomb. Isn't that amazing? I mean, he's, he's risen from the dead and he's eating. What a meeting. Acts 1 verse to whom also to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering and many infallible proofs being seen by them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them he commanded them 
not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Everybody say wait. But wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 6. Therefore, when they came to come together, they asked him and said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it is not for you to know the times and seasons which the father put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. Come on, say that with me. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Lord, as we have family night, we're gathered together. Lord, there are children here in the sanctuary in your presence. I thank you for worship. I thank you for healing people. I thank you for the word of the Lord tonight. I'm asking in the powerful name of Jesus that you would expose strategies of hell tonight. So that people would walk in greater understanding that we would be as gentle as does, but as wise as serpents, as the scripture says. Knowing that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion who's also been defeated. But Lord, he's got schemes, he's got plans. May they be exposed tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. What a meeting. I mean, really, what a meeting there in Luke Jesus has suffered. He died on a cross. Three days later, he rises again. You look at a composite picture of what's taking place. He's walking around the earth for 40 days with many infallible proofs. I mean, you know what infallible means. I mean, it's like you can't deny it. Man, it's Jesus, and he's doing all kinds of miracles all over the place for 40 days. He shows up. He walks through a wall, basically, shows up in a meeting, and they're totally freaked out. I mean, they're terrified. And he shows himself to improve himself, and he eats some fish, and he, and he walks through a wall he did, again. And it's at that meeting that he gives him some revelation. He gives them revelation of the scriptures. I love that verse. It says, and he opened their mind to the scriptures. You need the Holy Spirit's help to open your understanding to what he's saying. In fact, the Bible says that the, the word of God is veiled to those who are perishing. You ever wonder why when you share about your, your, your testimony, about what Jesus has done, you share about the things of the Lord with people, they're like, what? You're a freak. You know, anybody ever had that happen? You go to share, and they just don't understand. They don't get it. It's because they're, they're blind. The God of this age, it says in Corinthians, has blinded them to the truth, the glorious truth of the gospel. And, but he gives them revelation of their scriptures about him. And I love how it says through Psalms and, and, the, and, the, and the prophets, I mean, talking about the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. If you're here for any length of time, you'll realize that I preach from the Old Testament, tied into the New frequently. It's faith building. It's empowering. It's awesome. The Word of God is awesome from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. It's filled with this love story about God and His people and and how he sent his only son and how it was prophesied over 300 prophecies that, that he would send his son, Emmanuel, God with us, born of a virgin. It's just amazing. And he gives them revelation. He, he gives them revelation not only the scriptures, but of their job. He gives them a revelation of their job. He says, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Judea Samaria. The, you're going to go to the ends of the earth telling of the good news of my death, my resurrection, and that people can be forgiven. That's your job. He gives them, really, a command to go. And, and he gives them a revelation of the promise of the Father. He says, stay until in Jerusalem until you've received power from on high. There in Acts, tarry, wait, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He tells them to wait. Now, he doesn't tell them that it's going to be at Pentecost. He doesn't tell them the exact time frame for them waiting. He just tells them, wait. 
And I find that fascinating that he tells him to wait. Why didn't Jesus give what is recorded in Acts chapter 2 before he ascended? You ever think about that? Why didn't he give the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the fire of, the, of God, the fire of the Spirit of God, the evidence of speaking in tongues? Why didn't he do that, the gifts of the Spirit, all of that, prior to Acts chapter 2? Why wait 10 days? They had to wait 10 days after the ascension. Why not just, just give it to him right then? I want to talk to you today, uh, this evening, about hunger for God, having a right appetite. The very word for your soul is nefesh. It means thirst. I want to tell you, if you've not realized it just yet, you are thirsty. You've just made that way. It's part of your spiritual DNA to hunger. And either, either you're going to be satisfied by God, which is what we've been created for, or you're going to try to fill it with something else. Of course, all other things pale and nothing satisfies but Jesus. It says in John 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. The Holy Spirit's a person. He had to leave first so the Holy Spirit could manifest himself. Why is that? I don't know exactly. It's a bit of a mystery, but it's true. I mean, you think, well, why, did, why couldn't Jesus just like live forever on the earth and just like cruise with us and he could be here preaching way better than me? Amen. Can you, wouldn't that be awesome? I'd crawl over glass for a mile to hear Jesus preach the Beatitudes. Anybody else would be like, wow. We didn't have to have a sound system or a microphone. His voice, the sound of many waters. Man. But that's not the way it rolled. He had to be received into heaven, and then he sent the Holy Spirit. And really, the, the, the picture is that, is that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus in the miracles and the signs and wonders, would then be released and, and into all of those who believe so that it's not just one Jesus in the earth, but literally an army that gets raised up that are filled with the same spirit. Wow, the wisdom of God, kind of amazing. Jesus left, and then he would send the spirit. Theologians say now it's called, we are living in what's called the era of the Holy Spirit. This is the era of the Holy Spirit. And we've become his temples. He was revealing their need for real power to do the job. They would have to depend on him as if he was there. They'd have to depend on the Holy Spirit. I'm convinced that one of the problems we have is that we don't depend on the Holy Spirit like we need to. And as a result, our efforts in expanding the kingdom are, are hampered or hindered. Because man's effort will never release the kingdom of God. But only the name of Jesus, the power of the word, the power of the spirit of God brings miracles. It's the anointing, the empowerment, the enablement of the spirit that brings change to human hearts. It's not some intellectual scent, that's Gnosticism. You don't study and then you get enough knowledge and finally you get it. No, there's wonderful to study, but you need the fire of the Holy Ghost. And there was this delay of 10 days before the Holy Spirit came. And I think it's so they would hunger for what God desired to give them. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about a hunger for God. I want to talk about an appetite for God. There is a great battle for your appetite. Your appetite affects your whole life. If your appetite's out of sync, I mean, you can end up anemic and sick. If you eat too much, you can end up many hundreds of pounds overweight. But your spiritual appetite will affect your walk with Jesus, will affect your relationship with God. And if you find yourself in a place where your hunger level is not where it should be, 
you're going to find yourself waning in your walk with the Lord. You're going to find yourself losing out. Satan's strategy is to give you the wrong appetite. You have a fallen human nature. It's constantly Satan will try to shock back to life. You've been, you've been crucified with Christ. As the Apostle Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. Yet he comes with sort of satanic paddles. Clear! <laughs> Tries to raise up your dead person. Media tries to shock your, your, your dead person back to life. The love of money. So on and so forth. God's strategy is for you to hunger for him. Satan's strategy is for you to hunger for the things of the flesh. God's strategy is for you to hunger to him. Matthew 5, verse 6. If we could put that up on the screen, Matthew 5. Turn there, would you please? Matthew 5 and verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. To the degree that you hunger and thirst will be the degree that you experience the, the fire, the infilling of the Spirit of God. If you're not hungry and thirsty for God, there's something wrong. I've known people who have spiritual bulimia. In other words, they hear the word of the Lord at church. Maybe they hear a strong message preached. And then they go and they basically stick their finger down their spiritual throat and don't receive any of it. And they just compartmentalize that and just take the messages, put it over here, and go down their merry, their merry way, hoping that everything's going to be okay while they continue to live a life of compromise. You, you've got to eat the Word of God. You've got to let the Word of God dwell within you richly and allow for transformation and change. And to the degree that you hunger for God is the degree that God reveals himself to you. Religion will come and try to be a substitute for relationship. Religion and tradition and poverty, the three twin sisters from hell. They all go together. When you find a spirit of religion, you usually find a spirit of poverty too. It's not God's intention for you to be subject to a bunch of rules and regulations. So we have rules. We have the Ten Commandments. Do we need to obey them? Say yes. Yes, we do. But we don't obey them to get love. We, they're, they're there to reveal to us we really can't do it. And we need a Savior. We need, we need a Savior, not a rule book. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. Now, this is talking about Israel who's been delivered from the house of bondage. And God brings them out into the wilderness, into the desert. And watch this now. This is a fascinating passage of Scripture. So we humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you to know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Well, let, let's just look at this a second. So the Lord leads them out into the wilderness, and they're humble, allowing you. He, he allowed them. He allowed them to what? He allowed them to hunger and fed you. The, the picture is, let me read it in another version. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, then feeding you with manna, which ne manna with neither you or your fathers, known, teaching you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You see, the way the Lord works, the way God works, is to put a desire in your heart and then make you desperate and then satisfy you. Well, some of you didn't get that, but you need to get it. Some of you think because you have a desire in your heart that's not satisfied that the Lord's denying you. Actually, what he's doing is he's pushing you to a place of prayer so that you hunger and thirst for him so he satisfies you. And then he goes, yeah, and your faith grows. How many of you know the story of Hannah? Hannah in the Old Testament. First Samuel. I, I've shared this before. My daughter's named after Hannah in Scripture, the, the, a great intercessor and, and really a worshiper. That, that, that prayer of Hannah is similar to the song of, of, of Mary. And so Hannah is married and she doesn't have any children. 
and her rival, the other wife, they had multiple marriages at that time. Praise God, that's not the case now. Somebody say amen. amen. She, the rival, had lots of children. She had none. And year after year, they would go to sacrifice, and her rival would, would, would pick on Hannah. I've got kids, you don't, you know what I mean? Like year after year, it provoked her. And it finally got to the place where Hannah couldn't take it. No, she had as much as she could handle, couldn't take it no more. And she came and she broke before God in such a way, bitterness before the Lord and, and anguish is the right word, that her pastor, Eli, said, why are you drunk? That's how broken she was. She got accused of being drunk. And she prayed, and then the high priest Eli agreed, and her, her prayer was answered. She goes back home, and it says in the revolution of, in, in, in the process of time. Anybody ever, you know you got your miracle, but you didn't just see it yet? I've got a bunch of those things. They just haven't dropped yet, but I know where you got it. In the process of time, in the revolution of days. You see, the enemy will get you to a place where you're, you've got this desire and a deep, a deep longing to see something happen, but he'll, he'll just work you and, and, and say to you, oh, well, God's not really going to do that for you, or get you in a place of, of uh, loss of patience, and you're not waiting in a way that's braided. Really, the word to wait is to be braided with the Lord. A threefold cord is not easily broken. It's to be, it's to be braided with them. Oh, this could be the time that he comes and comes through for me. And then, you know, 10 years go by, but you're still waiting like that because a year is like, you know, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. And the Lord says, I'll be there in just a second. And so you're waiting. In the revolution of days, in the process of time, Hannah received her miracle. But get this, y'all. If she wasn't provoked, she never would have been in a place of brokenness to cry out to God, to bring forth the, what I believe to be one of the greatest Old Testament prophets, Samuel. None of his words fell to the moment. That dude showed up, weather patterns changed. Samuel. That's, that's who came out of her longing, her deep longing. Some of you are in the midst of being provoked, and you think, you know, you think, oh, God's left me or denied me. No, he's just making you hungry. Put up Deuteronomy 8 again. Deuteronomy 8 and verse 3. He humbled you, he humbled you, causing you to hunger. What do you think when they were doing when they were hungry? I think some of them were belly aching, but Moses is like, come on, God, bring some food, man. Lord, we're hungry. Bam, fried chicken. Well, it might have been fried manna. Anyway, God brought them some food. And when God brought them food, what do you think they responded to be like, oh, you are God. You've done miracles for me. And their faith was built. Your delay is not denial. You just need to get hungry. You need to allow that desire that God's put in your heart to birth a prayer life and a burden so that you pray and God comes and answers that prayer, does miracles for you, builds your faith and moves the kingdom forward. Can you say amen? amen. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you that whatsoever things ye desire, King James, when ye pray, Believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Desire is the seedbed of miracles. It's the start of a miracle. When God puts a desire in your heart, I was talking to, uh, was talking to somebody tonight, and they said, man, pray that we're just able to move here. We did. Guess what that is? That's a desire. When, when God places a desire, you get all over that thing, and you nail it deep into the ground. Jesus do it Lord I desire to get out of here God Lord and you begin to pray you intercede and guess what happens fried chicken come on somebody say bam a hunger for God is the key to revival it is the key to the release of the power of God in your life and if you're not hungry something's desperately wrong with you if you're not hungry 
we have just, I don't know, I can't remember exactly when Azusa Street, we've just passed, you know, the 100-year anniversary of Azusa Street just, just, just gone by a few years ago. And when you read about Azusa Street and that, what took place there, how many of you know what Azusa Street is? All right, so let me give you some history for those of you that don't, either that or you didn't raise your hand, but I'm going to give you some history anyway. Charles Parham at Topeka, Kansas. He was a Bible teacher in a college there, and they were studying the book of Acts. And as it turned to the new year in 1900, 1901, they believed that they're reading the book of Acts that if they laid hands, this one lady said, I believe if you lay hands on me, I'm going to be baptized in the spirit and I'll speak with other tongues. They just took the word of God at face value. They laid hands on her. She got baptized in the Spirit, began to speak in other tongues. In fact, the outpouring of the Spirit took place there in such a mighty way that they brought linguists from local universities to come to hear actually if they were speaking in real languages. And in fact, they were. And it was miraculous what took place. And there was a man there. Well, I don't think he was there, but he was a part of it later, William Seymour. And my, my history remembrance is a little bit rusty, but William Seymour was a Seymour was a one-eyed black man who would put his head in a chicken crate and pray until the power of God fell. You read accounts of Azusa Street. People come from, came from all over the world to that little place in Los Angeles to experience the power of God. I love one story. I, there's one story that stands out to me because I just love it because it's, it just slaps down prejudice so great. This guy comes from North Carolina, white man from North Carolina, comes to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's in the meeting. They would have a prayer meeting before the, they would have a, a prayer meeting before the church meetings. And many times the, the prayer meeting was the meeting that just sort of blended into the rest of the meeting that happened afterwards. And so he would go to the prayer meeting and then we'd go downstairs. He's there for three weeks and he never gets fit baptized in the spirit. He sees all kinds of miracles, all kinds of signs and wonders and everything. And he says to the Lord, You know, I really want the baptism of the Spirit. God speaks to him and says, go and have Brother Seymour lay hands on you. And he says to God, I'm not having any black man lay hands on me. And the Lord said, well, then you're never going to get the Spirit. He sat there. What a stubborn Southerner. Sat there for, week, for a couple more weeks. And finally he couldn't take it no more. He got up out of his chair, ran to the front, repenting of being a racist, and asked Brother Seymour to pray for him. The second he prayed for him, he got baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. was never the same. Now, here's what happened. That man went back to North Carolina and started a church planting movement that is alive today, planted hundreds of churches all over the South. There was a hunger. There was, a, there was a hunger. There's also blockages that can get in your way. But there was a tremendous hunger for, for the outpouring of the Spirit. Your hunger's got to be expressed. So what do you mean? If you look at the text that we looked at, they were continually in the temple praising God. There has to be a seeking of God. I've known people who say, well, I've not, been, I've not been baptized in the Spirit yet. Well, the promise is for all. It's for everybody. And I've found that people frequently just, they, they're not hungry. They, you know, they go out and they, you know, they're not here tonight. And I'm not saying you got to be in every church service, but man, when you're hungry and you're really hungry for God, for God to do a miracle, man, you can't keep people out of church. You can't keep them out of the word. You can't keep them. When you're desperate, when you're really desperate, does anybody know what I'm talking about? The one preacher said, the Lord spoke to him and said, you've got to be disciplined in seeking me. You've got to make yourself desperate. And he says, well, Lord, I'm not desperate. And the Lord said, I can help you with that. See, we think we can make it because of our intellect or our giftings. Oh, you can't. Amen. 
the place called Peniel where Jacob and Esau are going to meet and Esau's coming to whoop his brother because his brother had used, has deceived him and took his birthright and had been manipulating and conniving and working it all over the place. And now he gets to the place where he's not going to be able, his brother's coming with 400 men and there's no way he's going to get out of it. His brother's going to, going to get a piece of him and there's no way he's going to get out of it. He sends his family over and he wrestles with the Lord all night. And the Lord touched him in his hip and changed his name. His walk was changed. His name was changed from Jacob to Israel. And God gave him favor. You see, there was no way for Jacob to manipulate his way out of that situation. I'm going to tell you, you will come to the end of yourself. If you endeavor to do something for the Lord, you will not be able to do it in the arm of the flesh. You need God to come through for you. You need a miracle. And, and as many of the revivalists of old said, you got to get your own baptism. You really want God to, to change your life. You really want God to set your family on fire, set your neighborhood on fire, to pour out his spirit on the state of Alaska and everywhere you go and use you powerfully, then you got to get hungry. And if you're not hungry, start asking that he makes you hungry. And start cutting off some things. I believe in fasting. I believe in prayer. I believe fasting is a command. His disciples were, you know, they're eating on the Sabbath and, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders, the couldn't seize and wouldn't seize, they asked Jesus, how come your disciples don't fast? And he says, why, why should they fast while the bridegroom is with them? But when the bridegroom goes, they shall fast. They will fast. It's like a command. And let me say this. That's a principle that you need to apply to your life. If you don't feel as close to Jesus, if the bridegroom's gone a little bit, fast. And you will find an intimacy return from the Lord. You fold down your five senses, begin to get hungry for God. You put food away. However the Lord leads you to do it, there's lots of different kinds of fasts. This is John the Baptist fast. You can eat locusts and honey. Amen. I haven't tried that one yet. My son just did find a cricket, so we could probably start tonight if you want to, Dad. We have some honey. We have a cricket. Go for it. They were continually in the temple praising God. You know they had church every night. Every, every day they had services every day. I mean, you know that, right? They had prayer meetings. They, I've had people tell me, well, you can't have too many services, Pastor. You're going to burn out. What are you kidding me? This is like the biggest party in town. <laughs> What else, would I, what else would I rather do? Let's have church. Come on. Well, give me a break. We're going to get tired? Tired of what? Worshiping? Yes, we're going to wear ourselves out worshiping. I understand that vocal cords and worship leaders, I mean, we need to, we need to be sensitive to that. And we have, a, we have a, a body that we have to take care of. I mean, have we taken that to extremes? A Sunday night is canceled in most churches across the land. Midweeks are like, no, I don't do midweeks. We just do small groups. I'm into small groups, but, man, I, I just... I thought about closing our Sunday night. Look around you. Okay, this is a light attendance. We get into winter and this thing busts. Sunday night's exciting. I'm not trading in Sunday night for nothing. What, do you have to preach four times on Sunday? I know. It's awesome. Pastor Alex is going to be preaching more too on Sunday nights. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't you miss next Sunday. Pastor Alex has got a word from the Lord. He's going to flow. Your God's going to touch you next Sunday morning. It's going to be a powerful time. They were continually. Everybody say continually. continually. Pastor Alex looked at me like, I am? They were continually in the temple praising God. See, we want revival, but we don't want a prayer. We want an outpouring of the Spirit, but we don't want to go to church that much. We want to have revelation of the scriptures, but don't want to open them. Lord, speak to me. He wants to talk to you in the quiet time you never have. He's waiting for you. You know how he told you to set aside that time and you didn't do it? Yeah, he's waiting for you in that time. 
I've told the story of the, the grandmas in Northern Carolina, in Northern California. They prayed for revival. They fasted for revival. They prayed for years. And finally, in their church, this is a true story now. It's not an illustration. Finally, the fire fell in their church. And people began to pray in other tongues and dance and sing and just go nuts. The place exploded with the power of God. And they left the church. They said, we want revival, but we don't want any of that. Be careful what you pray for. Might not look like what you what you perceive in your mind. Our hunger is marked by reaching out to others. It must be contagious. It must be contagious. When you're hungry for God, you you will seek Him. You'll get in the Word. You'll pray, and God will fill you. God will touch you. God will give you revelation. But it also it is also reaching out to others. When you're hungry for God, you're going to reach other people. You're going to help people. You're going to serve. And lastly, as the worship team comes, have an encounter. Have an encounter with God. I said, have an encounter with God. So how do I do that? You get hungry. Joelle Moore was on my staff for a number of years, and I've, I've shared this, but it's just so powerful. God was pouring out His Spirit in a women's meeting. Heidi Baker was preaching. And people were just... I mean, Heidi Baker's the, the way that she ministered that in that service, uh, she had this service handed over to her. She fell on the floor, kind of in the fetal position, with a microphone and just cried out to God. And she kept crying out to God. She didn't stop. I'm talking 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, crying out, intercession, praying, weeping, travailing. Now, while that happened for about 20 minutes, the power of God fell. And women started weeping all across that, that auditorium that day. People started experiencing the love of God like they never had before. There came an encounter, and our dear sister, Joelle Moore, didn't feel nothing, had no experience. And she was so spurred to, to jealousy, if you will, or godly action, she was stirred up because she's saying, man, I want that. I don't have that. I want that. And, I don't even, and my heart doesn't even want it, but I really know that I do. She began to pace back and forth. And she began to say, God, I'm not hungry for you, but I want to be. I want to be hungry. Lord, make me hungry. God, will you change my heart? I want to be hungry. Lord, I'm not hungry. I, I just, I, I, want to, I want to go home. I, I don't even really want to be here, but I know that's not right. God, help me. I want to be hungry. Here's what she said when she came back after being radically changed by the Holy Spirit. Here's what she said to me. She said, Pastor, I just started walking, praying that. And it was like my heart heard what my mouth was saying. And all of a sudden, my heart opened. And the power of God touched me. The devil will try to give you appetites for all kinds of things. But if your hunger for God is not in the place where you're yearning for Him and you're longing for Him, then you will fail or fall to the schemes of the devil and fill yourself with something because you are a nefesh, you're a soul, you're thirsty, you're made that way. you got a hunger for God. If you're not, just begin to pray that God will make you hungry. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you in our marriages. We need you in our families. We need you, God. We long for you as in a dry, in a weary land where there is no water. We long for you. We thirst for you. Let us not lean on religion and tradition and just go through the motions. Father, stir us. 
tonight. Stir us. That we might have an encounter. Come on, just begin to talk to God. Come on, just talk to Him. Service is almost over. But really, it should never end. Don't be apathetic. Don't be lethargic. If you feel that way, if you're like, well, whatever, then you're, you're sick. There's something wrong. There's a healing. There's a freedom that comes. There's a power. The power of the Holy Spirit that'll break off every yoke and every bondage. There's power comes from heaven to satisfy the deepest places of your heart man can't ever satisfy that place no man no woman no 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 amount of money no amount of pleasure nothing can satisfy that place it's been it's been designed by almighty god a hole in your heart in your life specifically designed by god that you would hunger for him and that as you hunger for him he would feed you and fill you and satisfy you as it says in deuteronomy 8 verse 3 he'll satisfy you with manna jesus said i am the bread that comes down from heaven there's manna there's there's a bread the bread of heaven jesus jesus is the bread of heaven and he will satisfy you he will fill you there's no video game. There's no relationship in this earth that can ever satisfy that. There's no drug. There's, there's no sex. There's nothing that can fill that place that only Jesus can. Only He can. To tell you my love. To tell you I need you. To tell you there's no better place for me than in your In His arms where you'll be satisfied you are sorry. then you can have healthy relationships Nobody after that but this is the primary one got to get this one right come on lift your voice you're the only one who brings me peace you're the only one
So that's how we roll around here anyway. So. Be sure that the agreement is there. When the agreement is fully there, you will see the breakthrough. This bowl you have been filling with incense for a long time. And it's going to tip. And it's going to tip quick. And you will see that thing shift. But there's some things, it's like the, it's like the clickings of a lock where they just need to quite line up. And his timing is absolutely perfect down to every infinitesimal detail. The Lord showed me even the sparing of your husband's life because of some of the delay. Some of the delay has been God. It's been the Lord. And there's been some wonderful things that have happened, and you could tell us all about that, I'm sure. But God is going to give you the desires of your heart. I see tumblers in the spirit beginning to line up. And as you are in full agreement together as a husband and wife, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. There's tremendous power going to be released from you in your prayer life, in your home with your kids. And I see even peals of thunder and lightning. I'm going to do miracles for you, says the Lord, financial miracles and relational miracles. You're going to see some reconciliation. There's coming a great homecoming. Even by Christmas, you're going to see a homecoming, says the Lord. Even by Christmas, you will see that thing change. It will turn. It'll shift. It's happening for you. I've heard your cries, says the Lord God. I've heard it. I've answered. It's coming. It's already done, says the Lord. It is already done. All the thing that hasn't happened is all the shouting and the dancing. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Line up. Get in full agreement. Take your prophetic finger and haven't I, haven't I anointed you? Haven't I anointed you as a prophetic intercessor and a worshiper? And I see songs being written. I see, I see songs being sung. And I've given you even like a mantle of Deborah. And as you begin to prophesy and as you begin to sing, there'll be others that arise. I see ministry for you. I see breakthrough for you. It's almost like you've been a horse with a bit in your mouth and the reins tightly pulled back. But I'm letting those reins loose, says the Lord. You've learned many things and I've tempered you. You've been like an iron set up upon the anvil blow after blow after blow after blow you have not fainted you have not failed and I have fashioned you into a new sharp threshing instrument as it says in Isaiah my hand is upon you says the Lord all of your children are called the vessels of the Lord and he's going to use you these vessels will be filled these vessels will be used I will meet every need I've heard your cry breakthrough 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 even by the end of 2014 by Christmas mark it by Christmas, you will see this thing only be in agreement and you'll see what happens, says the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody say, ah, come on. You're the only one who brings me. You're the only one, Lord. You're the only
just love, I, I mean, I just, I just love the Lord. He's so awesome. I got this scripture I was praying for you and I couldn't quite grasp it. So P.S. Ma'am, P.S. Isaiah 52, verse 11. Brace yourself. Listen, I, I just got to tell you, it's a pure word from the Lord. We don't want to mess around here. Here's what it says. Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of her and be clean. You who bear the vessels of the Lord. For you shall go out with haste. Nor by flight. For the Lord will go before you. And the God of Israel will be your rear guard. That is a rhema word from God for you. Isaiah 52 and verse 11. I don't know all that it means. But you weigh it. Come on, just lift your hands to the Lord. We just love people here.
hunger and thirst for God, He'll fill you. When you long for Him, He'll touch you. He'll touch you in direct proportion to the hunger that you have. Or even didn't He speak in parables, hiding truth from casual observers? He'll hunger. He'll touch you as you hunger for Him. He'll release revelation as you thirst for Him. He doesn't release revelation to those who are apathetic. He releases revelation, even the secret of the Lord, to those who fear Him. To those who fear Him, He speaks, He fills, He touches, He provides. another man I'm gonna come upon you and that's I'm gonna come upon you in that nation it'll be completely unique and different to anything you experienced although you've sensed it coming you've felt it coming you've asked him to do something you said Lord I've got to have it I, I need the word of the Lord God has given you that you will go to Chile you'll come back as a totally different person I'm gonna begin to download songs to you and you'll even bring forth a CD and you'll lay your hands upon those that are even underneath you and that same mantle of a psalmist is going to come upon those. It's not a matter of giftings or talent. It's about intimacy and anointing. And you have that, says the Lord. I'm with you. I'm leading you. I'm guiding you. Carve out time in your schedule. Put a fence around that. 
I'm going to give you people to hold up your hands. There's been a great draw even to get busy about things, but the Lord wants you to set aside that time. Guard over it. It's already begun. I'm releasing songs from heaven to you, through you, to touch a generation, says the Lord. that you've received something from God tonight. I have. It's wonderful being in church. Come on, put your best hand clap together for God Almighty. Come on, somebody say hallelujah to the Lamb. You'd be blessed tonight. Let me close in prayer. Perhaps there are some that are not on, that, that are online or not right with God. That's what I'm trying to say. If you're not right with God, we never close a service. Almost never. Because this could be your last day. See, so what do you mean my last day? We, no man knows we're given what one life to live and no man knows the time. No one. And should this be the last day that you breathe and you die, would you go to heaven is my question to you. You say, I hope so. No, you need to have a better answer than that. You can know. Have you repented of your sin? Have you believed on Jesus? Have you asked him into your life to be your Lord and Savior? Don't play church. Don't play. This isn't some religious game we're playing. It's for real. Get right with God tonight. You online. Get right with God tonight. Take a knee in your living room or wherever you're at. If you're on the podcast, pull your vehicle over. If you're not right, stop right now. Pull over and pray this prayer with us all together. If that's you, or you're, reaffir- you're affirming your faith, or you're giving your heart to Jesus for the first time, or a recommitment, come on, pray right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die in my place. I believe that he was crucified and that he rose again on the third day. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, touch and fill each and every one. If you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit, don't rationalize that away. You get hungry and you ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit and he will. Your delay is not a denial. A desire is the start of a miracle. Holy Spirit, fill and touch each and every one. Father, I ask that you would bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' holy, matchless, precious name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Praise God. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.